Well, last week was Pentecost, and the reality is Pentecost, just like uh, celebrating Easter, is to be a daily reality. We celebrate the resurrection of Christ every day. It's it's how we live our life, and the same thing with Pentecost. We celebrate that it's the birthday of the church, the ascending of the Holy Spirit, and, and a number of other things. So let's take a look at a few uh, just tremendous promises here in regards to Pentecost. You may wonder why people wear red on Pentecost. There's two reasons for that. I'll share that here in just a minute, but Pentecost, the word itself means 50. 50 days after the resurrection is when it takes place in the Old Testament called the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Harvest. It's important in the Old Testament. It was a celebration every year because it was on Pentecost that Moses ascended Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments. In the New Testament, it is the arrival of the Holy Spirit, the fulfillment of Acts chapter 1, where Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses to the end of the earth. Wendy Russell shares, well, from a historical perspective, Christianity did not begin with Jesus' birth, death, or ascension, it started with Pentecost, the day the Holy Spirit entered a room holding Jesus' apostles, entered each of them. That's what makes the church the church. In short, the church was born at Pentecost. And the event is described, of course, in Acts chapter 2, when it says the day of Pentecost came, they were all in one place. There was a sound of blowing wind. They saw tongues of fire. They came and rested on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Uh, again, it's from this point on that the disciples have the boldness because now it's a fulfillment of this promise, what Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you because now the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. As Paul said, it's this mystery now, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so that's the promise we live with every day. The reason we can do all things through him is because he now lives in you. He lives in me. We strip Pentecost of everything. It's about power. It's about life. And so when the Holy Spirit comes down on Pentecost, he gives us power to live in that victory in Christ, and he brings that true life. You know, many may not recognize the name Roland Stewart, but most are going to be familiar with what he did in his life. Now, his life is complicated, and unfortunately, where it's at now is in a very dark place. But Roland Stewart is the original person going back to the 70s and 80s. He had this idea to go on TV at sports events and carry that John 316 sign. And now people do it all across the country at sporting events. And Roland Stewart started that as a way to witness. Unfortunately, in the last number of years, his life took a, a dark turn. He got involved in some violent crimes and he's in prison, most likely for life now. Here's the thing. It's not that God did not know what he was going to do when he committed those crimes. Yet he still used him as a broken vessel to be that witness to carry those signs. And it's the same thing for you and me. God uses flawed vessels for his glory. And so it is for you and I. God looks to our future. He knows the sins we will commit the disobedience we will have, but his grace still calls us and uses us today. 
That's Pentecost. That's why we celebrate, again, what Jesus said. The law is now written on hearts of believers. Christ poured out his spirit on all flesh. So now, as a fulfillment of the Old Testament that said, as Moses got the law written on stone, one day you'll get a new heart. That heart of stone will be taken out. A living heart will be inside of you then placed. And upon that new heart will be written that law of God, not on tablets, but on you, on me. So let's go back to why do people wear red on Pentecost? Two reasons. One, a symbol of the tongues of fire, the presence of the Holy Spirit. But two, as a testimony to those who have made the ultimate sacrifice martyrs whose blood was shed because they refused to renounce their faith. That's why Pentecost is a daily reality. It's acknowledging his spirit lives in me. And it also acknowledges those brothers and sisters down through history who paid the ultimate price for their faith so that we then would be encouraged to be faithful in our walk, no matter what that cost might be. Fire transforms whatever it touches. It changes whatever it comes into contact with. So that fire of the Holy Spirit, it changes our life. And where does that begin? As I've shared many times, Tony Robbins talks about if you want your life to change, you need to change and raise your standard. What is that new standard? The things that you should do have to become a must. And that fire of the Holy Spirit burns inside so that he transforms those things I should do into things I must do. If it's, I should be a better spouse, that fire transforms to, I must be that better spouse. If it's, I should turn from sin, it transforms into, I must turn from sin. If it's, I should make changes in the way I live my life, that fire of the Holy Spirit burns inside to bring that direction, correction, so that I must change my life and can because now that law is not just written on stones. It's written on our hearts. You know, the story of Ashland Blocker has been studied for years. She's now a teenager, but Ashland Blocker was born with a very rare condition. And that condition is she feels no pain. And so some people might think, hey, well, that would be a, a positive thing. But her mother shares, no, it's not a positive thing. You know, when Ashlyn was little, she could put her hand on a stove and she wouldn't feel that she was being burned and damaging her hand. And other times she broke bones and didn't realize she broke any bones because she couldn't feel that. She felt no pain. She still doesn't. Her mother wisely says, you know, pain is there for a reason. Pain lets you know something's wrong and needs to be fixed. You see, in part of Pentecost, that daily reality is the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart to bring us some discomfort when we're not living where we need to live. But that discomfort is not to to be ignored. It's to be acknowledged and say that discomfort's there for a reason. It's letting me know something needs to be fixed. That my shoulds need to become the must. 
you know, Paul writes to the Corinthians, a city, and unfortunately a church where people lived in just blatant sin. And they said things like, it's better to sin more. That way God can forgive more. And then he gets more credit for being forgiving. And Paul says to that nonsense, chapter 6, verse 19, do you not know? Your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit in you. You are not your own. And Pentecost reminds us of that same thing. Do you not know? The Holy Spirit resides in you. You are to be a vessel of honor. You're not your own anymore. Your decisions in life are not just focused on self. Decisions now become, what does Jesus want me to do? And since he dwells in me, what are some new changes and decisions I'll make in recognition of his life now in me? You know, in the 1800s, Samuel Chadwick said, I owe everything to Pentecost. Pentecost registered 3,000 new believers that first sermon Peter gave. As Chadwick says, it's by fire that holy passion is kindled in the soul where we live this life of God. Pentecost, it's the fire, it's the color red, it's about passion, it's the color red, it's about commitment, it's about those that made the ultimate sacrifice so that daily, not once a year, but daily we say, I'm a vessel, I want to be that vessel of honor, just like those who have gone before me. You know, in Second Chronicles, we're told that when Solomon dedicated the temple, fire came down from heaven and consumed the offering and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Fire, it's a symbol in the Old Testament of the presence of God. It's a symbol in the New Testament because fire, it transforms what it touches. It changes whatever it comes into contact with. And that change for us again, changing the shoulds to must, from sin to sanctification, from disobedience to obedience. Kenneth Kenneth Sauer shared about counseling a a gentleman that struggled with depression for years. Went to different counselors and one unfortunate encounter with a counselor frustrated because this friend could not overcome depression. This counselor said, you are the weakest man I have ever met. Fortunately for this man in depression, eventually he found Christ found healing but he still shares I wrestle with depression but today my ministry is to depressed people I love this here he said I'm still a mess I'm God's mess but I'm a mess with a mission and a love in my heart I could never have imagined that's the beauty of Pentecost he takes our mess turns it into a a mission turns it into a message Daily, again, reality, walking in him. Notice what Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 tells us very clearly. Colossians 2, 13, one of the most important verses to understand in Scripture. Reads this, when you were dead in your sins, God made you alive together with Christ, having forgiven us all our sins. Think about that. When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive in Christ. 
Somebody that's dead cannot bring themselves back to life. Somebody that's dead cannot accomplish anything. And that's the picture being painted. That's grace. It wasn't that we did a part and then Jesus did a part. It's all what he did. We were completely dead in sin. And by his grace, he said, I make you alive. I've cleansed you from your sin. He resurrects us into a new life. Places the Holy Spirit in us. So that Pentecost is a daily reality. Being a vessel of honor. Saying, I didn't do anything to earn salvation. I was dead. He made me alive. I once was lost, but now I'm found. As Chris Tomlin said, we were not bad people that God would have to make good. Each of us were dead people that God would have to make alive. One of the most uh, beautiful statements, Dwight Moody in the 1800s in Chicago, he's this minister, but it's often quoted for very good reason. He's at a revival service. Here's what the minister said. Many may know these words, but let it sink into our hearts here today. The minister said, the world has yet to see what God will do through one man whose heart is completely his. Immediately, Moody said, I want to be that man, God. We might as well. I want to be that one man, that one woman whose heart is completely his. What happened to Moody? Moody went on to be a minister, shared the gospel with countless people, started a Bible college, started a mission outreach. 30,000, 30,000 missionaries were sent out on mission. That's what Pentecost can do. Somebody once said, when God is going to do something wonderful, he starts with a problem. When God is going to do something amazing, he starts with an impossibility. Whatever you might be facing that I might be facing, the greatest impossibility is he brought us dead to life. There's other things standing in our path that seem so impossible, and that's where faith encounters reality day to day and says, you know what? I serve a risen Savior. He's in this world today. So let me share some things from some of those who did pay that ultimate price that we might be strengthened in our faith and say, listen, as they lived, sold out. That's how I want to live. Consider Dietrich Bonhoeffer, martyred in Nazi Germany. He was a pastor that spoke out against the Nazis. He knew it risked his life. He could have left the country. He said, I'm not going to. He was arrested, but he did write some things in prison. He wrote some things as a pastor before his arrest. And when he was executed, even the guard said that was a man with confidence and courage and absolute peace. Here's what Bonhoeffer said at one point. My past is abundantly full of God's mercy. Above all sin stands the forgiving love of the crucified. That daily Pentecost is to remind us of the crucified and his abundant 
mercy. This quote here by Jim Elliott, I've shared his story many times, also a martyr, South America in the 20th century. He himself struggled to live holy. He would journal about wrestling with his own struggles to, to be 100% obedient. But listen to what he says here. One of his journal entries. Open my hand to receive the nail of Calvary that I might release all else. That's Pentecost. That we also pray, God, open my hand to receive the nail of Calvary and I release everything else that I'm holding on to that stops me from turning those shoulds into must. Open my hand to receive the nail of Calvary and I release all that selfishness. Again, that's why Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses to the end of the earth. You go back and you study the life of C.T. Studd. He lived in the 1800s into the early 1900s. C.T. Studd lived in England. Had this incredible faith. And here's the thing to know about C.T. Studd. In the 1800s, he was the, the best athlete in the entire world. So you think about, you know, say, Michael Jordan or Muhammad Ali. Well, that's who he was in the 1800s. The best athlete in the world lived in England. But he had this incredibly strong faith. And he said, I'm called to be a, a missionary to China. He gave up. He had this tremendous wealth, tremendous fame. He also had tremendous inheritance. He gave all that away. He gave his inheritance away. He didn't want anything to, to stand before him to his commitment. So he went to China and he served as a missionary for many years. Then he comes back to England and he's wrestling with some health problems. Now he's able to, to retire in England but one day he's walking by a mission agency and they have a sign and it's just three words. And when he saw those three words, he immediately signed up to be a missionary to Africa and that's where then he went. Again, as Jim Elliott said, open my hand to receive the nail of Calvary. Let me release everything else that hinders my walk. C.T. Studd, what was on that sign? Three words. Cannibals want missionaries. For us here in, in our city, we could say Akron once missionary, Summit County once missionary, Stark County once missionaries, Ohio once missionaries. You know, in your city and state, it's the same thing where you are, 
That city wants missionaries. Our family, our friends want missionaries. People who live out Pentecost on a daily basis and say Pentecost is about life. It's about power. Power to live victorious in Jesus. It's about life that is filled with his strength. And it's about living out life where the things we should do become the things that we must do. It's about walking in his grace, abundantly full of his mercy. It's about a daily recognition. When God is going to do something wonderful, he starts with a problem. When God is going to do something amazing, he starts with an impossibility. Truly, the world has yet to see what God will do through one man, one woman, whose heart is completely his. May our hearts cry be, Lord, I want to be that person.